Okay, welcome back to Couple of Sixes. Today it's just me, Arjun Mandarado. Um, Justin will not be joining this episode, so it's just going to be me. And I'm going to be talking about the College Football Championship that is happening Monday, January 9th. Um, this game is going to be between the 3-seed TCU and the 1-seed Georgia. Now, Georgia is undefeated, 14-0, with some of their best wins coming against uh, uh, an LSU team that was fighting for a playoff spot, a TCU team that was the one seed at the time. Uh, they just came off an Ohio State win, and they've been playing good all season. And then you have TCU, who have some good wins against Texas, uh, win against Kansas State. The really good win off of Michigan that they just came off of. And overall, a great season. Just one loss that was to Kansas State in overtime in the bowl game, which is just like an extra game for these potential top four teams to ruin their chances. Um, So TCU is, well, first of all, uh, if we want to talk about how each team got there, we can talk about last week's games which were TCU versus Michigan and Ohio State versus Georgia. Now, TCU versus Michigan, uh, there was a controversial call in which the Michigan player was called short at the half-yard line when it indeed, after replay, looked like it was a touchdown. And then uh, because of that ruling, T- uh, Michigan ended up fumbling the ball and getting zero points as a result of that drive. However. With that being said, Michigan kind of got down big early, and TCU uh, capitalized on their mistakes, got a pick six, uh, got two pick sixes throughout the game, took a big lead, and never really held up. They um they were able to keep the lead the entire game and just keep applying pressure to Michigan. Every time it looked like Michigan was getting back into it, TCU would respond, and there was never really uh, a point throughout the game where it looked like TCU would really lose. There was just points where it looked like Michigan would come back, but there's never really points where it looked like TCU would lose. Uh, if we were to talk about some of the individual performances of the game, the quarterback, Max Duggan, uh, he had a below 50% completion percentage, but he had 225 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. Uh, and then the other quarterback, Jason McCartney, he had like 350 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks as well. So when you look at the stat line, JJ played better, but I feel like that's because JJ was trying to play catch up the entire game because uh, Michigan got down big. So TC was really able to use the running game and also uh, use the field positioning to their advantage because TCU's played defense played really well and uh, really win this game. Because if you look at TCU's running backs, their running back uh, had 17 carries 150 yards, which is like nine yards per carry, and he had a touchdown. And Michigan's running back also played really good. He had 23 carries for 120 yards. That's about five yards per carry. And both teams rushing, uh, running backs played really well, but TCU's running back played a little better and was able to uh, help his team win. And then when you look at the receiving yards, uh, Quinton Johnston, who's a wide receiver out of this draft class. He had a really big game. He had one big yard off of a drag route that went for his one touchdown of the day. He had six receptions for 163 yards. And he's like 6'4", 
and he still ruins really fast. So whatever team gets him in the draft is going to have a really good player. And uh, he was a really big player in this game for TCU, helping them win. Uh, yeah, so every time it looks like Michigan was coming back, TCU would always respond. And there was, it was just, when TCU got up big, they never let up. And that's a big thing for a team in, that was coming in as an underdog. It's if you get a big lead, can you hold this? Can you uh, not choke away? Can you not uh, subdue to the pressure? Now, if we look at the other game that happened last week, the Ohio State and uh, Georgia game, uh, Ohio State played really well. CJ Stroud, who is the second best QB prospect coming out of this draft, he played really well. Um, and for a while, it looked like Georgia was going to lose this game. Uh, now, Sensen Bennett, who was a Heisman candidate this year, also had a really good game. Uh, almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, and ultimately the win. But CJ Shroud played better, and they had to put them in a chance to win this game after uh, Georgia came back and scored with, like, less than a minute to go. Uh, CJ Shroud put his team in a position to win, and the kicker just missed. Not a difficult field goal. It was, like, it wasn't that easy either. It was like a 40-yard field goal, which most kickers should be able to make, but uh, he's a kid in college, and with all the pressure on him, he just wasn't able to deliver. And I think Ohio State did play, like, was the better team that night, but they're not the better team overall. And I think that uh, Georgia Georgia's defense has been notoriously good over the past couple of, uh, over the past couple of years. And Georgia's defense should be able to put up a really good fight versus TCU, who did score the most points at any team last week. But all these games were really high scoring. The shootouts, there was like 180, 170 points scored between the four teams. Uh, so that's definitely a good high scoring game between TCU and Georgia. Uh, but if I had to choose one team to win, I would choose. I would probably choose uh, Georgia. That's like the obvious pick. Georgia is the better team. They're favored in the matchup by. Uh, let me pull it up. But they're definitely favored in the match. DC is going to be the underdog again. And last week, both of the uh, big teams almost got upset. So some people might be looking at a TCU upset again this week. And while I do think it's possible, uh, and it's actually what I'm rooting for, I want TC to win this game. I've wanted TC to win throughout the season. Uh, I think Georgia is the better team overall. And normally you hear... Uh, Normally in football, though, the thing is that the better team doesn't always win. And that's what makes football one of the more entertaining sports because it is just a one-game elimination. It's that sometimes the better team doesn't always win. 
However, in college football, when you give these teams uh, multiple weeks to like rest and multiple teams uh, multiple weeks to uh, prepare, the better team normally ends up winning. Just because when you give a good team more rest and more time to prepare, it's ultimately going to be an advantage for them. And that's what the college football playoff system does for these one seeds uh, like Georgia and Alabama over the years. Uh, with all, all that being said, uh, we can look at like the uh, the player comparisons in the upcoming game. Uh, when you look at the quarterbacks, Mac Duggan versus Stenson Bennett, I think uh, Duggan had a better season this year. Uh, he was second in Heisman, could have potentially won the Heisman. Uh, he puts his all into every game, especially in the Kansas game. You saw him try to win it with his legs. Uh, he's just a really good quarterback overall. However, last game, he didn't have the best game, and we haven't really seen him perform that well in the playoffs, but we have seen uh, Bennett perform well in the playoffs. However, this isn't like the NFL, where it's like you need playoff experience and um, really like championship experience in your team to be able to play well. Because in the college football, there's always four different teams every year. So some of these teams haven't really had the chance to make the playoffs that much. So college football really is one of the more unpredictable sports. Well, college in general are just one of the more unpredictable sports. So TCU could really easily pull off this upset. And I would definitely not, like, if I did gamble, I would not put any money on this game. uh, Because both these teams are really good. And both their quarterbacks are really good. So I would expect a really high-scoring game. Uh, if you look on any betting app or betting site, the spread is 12.5 points, which means they think Georgia's going to win, but, like, uh, two touchdowns or a touchdown, two field goals. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a really close game, even though most of the college football championships uh, as of late, haven't really run close. Most of the recent ones have been blowouts. Uh, the ones with like between Clemson and Alabama were close, but after those, it started getting to back to um, like blowout games. However, I think this game will be really, really close. Um, I think that while Georgia is the overall better team, and they've been the better team, they sort of haven't always performed like, the best team in the nation, and they've sort of, like, underperformed in certain games, and I think that last week between Ohio State and Georgia was a really big tell of the, uh, that Georgia's not invincible, and Georgia could have easily lost that game, and that there are weaknesses on that team, and I think that I know I said earlier that Georgia would win, but the more and more I talk about this game, the more and more I look at the stats and look at the what happened last week, I really do think that not only my TCU could win this game, but I do think they ultimately will end up winning this game. Uh, and it's every year we have sort of this like, Cinderella run four seed, not every year, but like uh, the Cincinnati, Cincinnati was the four seed last year. 
there was a year where Oregon was the fourth seed with Mariota. Uh, the years FSU was relevant with Jameis Winston. There's always like some new teams that cycle in and out, and I think that uh, normally those teams don't end up winning. But I think this year might end up be different, and then we just won't see them be relevant for a couple of years. And I think next year again we'll see the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States. We might not see Michigan because they might be losing their coach, Jim Harbaugh, who has been a really good college football coach for his career and has helped Michigan get to the college football playoffs uh, numerous times. And But he could be leaving for an NFL team, which would leave Michigan in a questionable situation moving forward in the future. Uh, so... So, uh, uh, speaking more about college football uh, and the playoffs, one thing that people have been talking about is that did Alabama deserve to make it over TCU, who are now in the championship? Uh, Because Alabama in the bowl game beat, not only beat, but blew out a Kansas State team that beat TCU, was TCU's only loss in the season. And people were saying since Alabama lost to a really good LSU team and a really good Tennessee team, that Alabama's losses were better than TCU's loss. So TCU, uh, Alabama should have made it in over TCU. And the thing about that is that TCU's loss didn't came, come in the regular season. It came in the postseason, which, not the postseason, a bowl, uh, the championship game that like Alabama didn't have to play a championship or a championship game. They didn't have an opportunity to lose in a championship game. So it's not really fair to judge like a final four team off a championship game, which is in a game that they're forced to play that not every team is forced to play. Uh, so it's like, and also TCU ended up winning their game anyways, ended up, competing with the best of the best. And Alabama had two chances to make it in, and they lost both times. They lost really their only close games of the season. And not only close games, only because they had close games against teams like Texas and Texas Santa, or they had a close game against Texas, who were playing with a backup quarterback. So it's like, if they lost their only games to like good teams, and it's they had opportunities to win both of those games, and they had an opportunity to secure themselves a playoff spot, and they just ultimately weren't able to do it. And that's not on TCU; that's on Alabama. So I think that ultimately, the College World Playoffs they got it right, and the main victim in this whole thing ended up being USC, who I think could have made it over OSU. Uh, USC was playing better throughout the whole season. Yes, Alabama's one loss was against Michigan, and who ended up being uh, second in the entire country, ended up making the semifinals for playoffs. But UC overall had the better season. They had the better resume. And had had they not lost the Utah both times, I think we could have seen a USC versus... uh, Uh, Georgia matchup. However, I do think USC would have put up a worse fight 
than OSU. You know, I do think Caleb Williams is the better quarterback. I just don't think USC, or I, and I do think uh, their coach, who I'm forgetting the name of, but he was the uh, Oklahoma coach last season, is better than the coach of Ohio State. Uh, I do think that Ohio State's the overall better team. So I think it's kind of like a blessing in disguise that USC ended up choking and losing those games. Uh, because they ended up losing their bowl game too anyways. So in the playoffs ended up being the right four teams. They ended up being the – and this ended up being two of the best playoff games in college football history on the same week. And when most people didn't even feel like TCU deserved to make it or – and they thought it was going to be a cakewalk. They thought it was going to be Michigan cakewalk, Georgia cakewalk. It would be boring. and then. We get a, uh, a a somewhat exciting championship game, but in there being two good playoff games, so I'm hoping we'll still get an exciting championship game, and that we're not gonna trade, and that it's not gonna be like you had two good games and now you're gonna get a boring game, but it's probably knowing, uh knowing how college football works and knowing like the talent disparity it might end up being a blowout but i do think if it's a close game tcu ends up winning and if it's a blowout georgia ends up winning that, that's i switched my mind a lot throughout the pot throughout this episode because like the more and more i talk the more and more like i end up just like thinking of new things that end up making me change my mind but my final conclusion is that if the game ends up being close, it's going to be uh, a TCU win. And they, if the game ends up being a blowout, it's Georgia that blew it to TCU. So after this game tomorrow, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about the draft. So I kind of do want to talk about the NFL draft really quickly. The Bears end up getting the first pick in the draft today, uh, followed by the... Uh, Houston Texans, the Bears probably won't draft a quarterback, and the Texans probably need a quarterback. So it's bad that the te- Bears, uh, Texans are missing out to this, winning a meaningless game against the Colts. Uh, and uh, a team that needs a quarterback is going to be willing to give a, give off a lot to get either Bryce Young or Cedar Shroud, but I'm guessing to get Bryce Young and jump the Texans, who ultimately will end up with the second pick, they're not going to get their choice, which they would have had before this. So it kind of is unfortunate, but the Texans do have two really high draft picks with the uh, with the Browns pick as well from the Deshaun Watson trade and their own pick. Looking a little further down the draft board, you have the Cardinals in third who have their franchise quarterback, but they do need some pieces on the D-line after losing J.J. Watts for retirement or supposed retirement, and Chandler Jones a free agency. They could maybe get one of the uh, bigger names in the draft, like Carter, Anderson, or even trade down. Uh, as this season was kind of like weird with bad coaching and a lot of injuries. The Colts at four, definitely need a quarterback, could definitely trade up for a quarterback. The Lions ended up getting the fifth overall pick, which they're not going to be a playoff team this season because the Seahawks won, but they had... 
definitely had playoff potential, looked like a playoff team well throughout the season, had a major bounce back after a slow start, and we're missing a first-round draft pick in Jamison Williamson pretty much all year. So next year when they get Jamison back, and then they add the fifth overall pick, and then they add their own first-round pick, which is looking to be in, like, the 20s. Not the 20s, sorry, the, like, 15s in that area. Uh, they're going to be really set up for next year and definitely seem like a playoff team next year and are going to be really fun in the second team to watch. Then you have the Seahawks at six, who, depending on the outcome of this Packers-Lions game, either made the playoffs or missed it, uh, just barely, to the Packers. And as I'm talking about that, the Lions just got down to the half-yard line and could the score is 6-9 right now and could potentially upset the Packers, meaning the Seahawks would make it. But either way, the Seahawks got the sixth overall pick, and they need some pieces on defense, which this draft is very top-heavy with defense. Uh, so, trading Russell Wilson uh, to the Broncos for Geno Smith, to keep Geno Smith and get some draft picks to help build around him uh, turned out to be a really big trade for the Seahawks who could definitely make a playoff push next year, uh, season in their division with the Rams and the Cardinals, who are really bottom-of-the-barrel teams this season. Uh, then if you move like a little further on their offboard, you'll see teams like uh, also uh, Cleveland end up having the 10th uh, worst record, or 8th, wait, I can't count. Like, they end up tying for like the Sixth worst record, so that's will be another good draft pick that the Texans have to help speed up their rebuild. Uh, and then yeah, so if you go a little further down the draft board, you have these teams like Tennessee, New England, uh, Washington, who all are in weird situations because like Tennessee. In New England, they it seems like they have their guy at quarterback right now, but it also seems like that they both they just need playmakers at offense. But the Patriots are have not been really good at drafting as of late, and the Titans just spent a first round pick on a wide receiver. But so it's going to be interesting to see who those two teams take. And then with Washington, Washington's going to be one of the most interesting teams this offseason. See what they do at quarterback with Wentz, Heineke, and Howell. See if they get an receiver behind Terry McLaurin, which seems like he's fed up with uh, how Washington has been treating him or like how Washington's been playing as of late when he's been playing like a top 10 receiver in the league uh, consistently throughout his career. So it's going to be interesting to see what Washington does. A couple other teams I'm interested to see what they do this offseason are uh, the Jets. Their Jets were seen as a sneak, uh, a sleeper playoff team this season, and they did really good except for their quarterback. They played great on defense all year. Uh, they had one of the better rookies in Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, who ended up getting injured. So they could be a really interesting team next season uh, if they could get a legitimate quarterback. And then the last team 
I kind of wanted to talk about just a little bit was a team that actually made the playoffs, the Jaguars, who ended up going, end up getting the first overall pick two years in a row. And now they have made the playoffs. They have a franchise quarterback, looks like a top five quarterback in the AFC as of late. Up there with, obviously, the top four are Burrow, Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes. But he's entering himself in, like, the Lamar conversations for, the like, for to be a top five quarterback within the AFC. Uh, the first overall pick, uh, Trayvon Walker, he was a DC, so you didn't really hear about him as much uh, as you did these other players, like Aiden Hutchinson and... Uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and the cornerbacks, guard, Sauce Gardner, so, uh, and the one from the uh, the Seahawks, Tariq, I think his name is. So, Tariq Woolen, yeah. Uh, so, their D-line has been really good this season with Josh Allen and Trayvon, obviously. Uh Christian Kirk, who everyone was saying to be one of the worst contracts in the offseason, he played really good. Zay Jones played really good. Uh, if they could add a legitimate, another legitimate playmaker to that receiving core, that yeah, it would be a huge improvement for them because they have good running backs, or they have a good running back in ETN. Uh, they have a decent line, and when they do have a franchise QB. And then the secondary is not the strong not the strongest unit, uh, but it has, it hasn't been bad. But if if they improve the secondary a little bit, they could jump from just like playoff contenders to a playoff lock next season, and be a really strong team. Especially with their coach Doug Peterson completely transforming the offense, and just making everything, uh, making Trevor's situation so much better for him. Uh, compared to what I was last season with Urban Meyer. And then on the topic of coaching, uh, so this, the coach of the year debate this season is, there's a ton of guys who deserve it. Mike Vrabel deserves it for putting up seven wins. We're a really pitiful Tennessee team. Uh, even when Tannehill got injured, the team was just not awful. And it, not awful, but like injured. Like it was one of the most injured teams in the league by far. Uh, then you have like the obvious candidates like uh, Dable, uh, not Dable. Sorry, you. I'll get to Dable later. But McDermott, uh, Reed, uh, Shan, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. The really obvious candidates was three of the best, better coaches in the league. But I do think the coach of the year this league will be Brian Dable, New York Giants. He propelled a team that hasn't made the playoffs. Or postseason in a while, and a team that didn't really have a really strong roster going into it, and a team most people didn't think were going to be good. Uh, proposed into the playoffs in the first in his first season, and kind of changed the trajectory of the team. And they will be playing a playoff game this week against the Vikings, I believe, and it'll be interesting to see what the Giants can do in their first playoff game in a while. Uh, so that'll be it for me today. Uh, this is just uh, a one thing, uh, a really rare thing where it's just going to be me and not Justin. Me and Justin are going to record an episode soon on basketball, and we'll have more episodes out to you soon.
Uh, I've been Arjun, and this has been Couple of Sixes, and I'll see you guys later.